Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Potvin. What's up, man? What's going on, everybody? It's another day. Yes, I like the uh, I like the tank top. Yeah, yeah. Can't ever go wrong with a little dark sport. Awesome, man. So uh, let's get right into it. So right now you are prepping for a show. Is that correct? That is uh, currently, I guess, about seven and a half weeks out of Pittsburgh. Wow. Has yeah, the prep brain, like settled in yet? Oh, yeah. Um, as I would say, the last two preps I've done or the last prep I did was twenty the 2020 Olympia. And uh, that's kind of where I noticed my body was changing a little bit. So I was having to suffer a lot more to get ready for these shows. And, uh, you know, normally I'm eating pretty well up until like maybe a couple weeks out or until I start my depletion phase. But like, now, you know, eating lower than that point. So yeah, feeling it I, I've been following you for probably about four or five years now. So I started following you when uh, I, I think it was the Olympia prep where AJ was your coach. Okay. So yeah, I, I live in Orlando, so I've been following him for quite some time. And he shared, I think, one of your videos back then. So that's when I started following you. And ever since then, it, it seems like you're a big advocate for wanting to eat good while also trying to train and prep. So like I see your Chick-fil-A posts. I see like your Oreo post. So it's like, that's the main reason why I don't think I could ever compete, dude, because I just love food too much. Yeah, it's a struggle. You know, um, I used to be able to get away with bigger cheats or yeah. like, you know, when I used to have a high carb day, I mean, I would eat almost two pounds of Froyo on a high carb day. And that'd be like my post-work meal. And yeah, I couldn't even think of doing that now. <laughs> so like, Everything's really clean. Everything's like to the, by the book. So I and enjoy I can just it. Imagine like the seven and a half weeks out, it probably just gets more and more strict, right? Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, this, this go around, I mean, I'm really trying not to do any cheats or anything like that unless like I absolutely need it. Um, you know, I think on my last high day, my coach told me to go ahead and get a double patty burger and fries. And honestly, I could have gone without it but you're not going to say no to a burger and fries. So. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that something that you'll eat like before going back to like finals on like Olympia night, like a burger and fries, or does it depend on the year? Uh, it really depends, but usually a burger and fries is a pretty safe bet or, uh, I don't think I've actually ever done the fries. Um, I've done a burger, I've done steak and baked potato, um, uh, but never fries. So, yeah. So before I get too deep into bodybuilding and competing, everything, I really want to go back to like your, your early life, man. So you're Filipino and American, right? Yep. So were you born like here in the States or were you born outside? No, I was born here in the States. Uh, so my mother and father, I want to say they got married in 88 in the Philippines. Uh, I was born in 89 in the States. Dang, my dad, one year Latera. later. Yeah, <laughs> I got right to it. But yeah, yeah. I was born up in Washington State. Oh, okay. So your dad was in the military, you said? Yep. So yep. you guys were probably like moving around a lot, probably in early oh, yeah. life or not really? Yeah, I mean, I was born in Washington. After that, moved to Japan. After that, moved back to Washington, moved to Texas, moved to Virginia. And then you know, after high school, I, I joined the military, so I'm used to moving around. So did you like start getting into fitness or working out when you joined, you joined the army, correct? Yeah. Um, I started working out seriously while I was deployed. Um, 
that was when I started working out. It was just something that um, I had peaked an interest in right before I deployed. And then uh, while I was deployed, that's when I started taking it seriously. And, uh, you know, it really just helped with dealing with all the, the crap overseas. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So where were you at necessarily? Where were you stationed? Uh, so are you talking about overseas? Yeah, like overseas. Yeah, I did a year in Iraq. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. How was that? Because I have one of my good buddies. He actually, I think it was Operation Iraqi Freedom. So it was around like 2000, early 2000s. He actually mm-hmm. went twice. And coming back, man, he was just like almost like a different person because the things that he would see over there, like he would tell me stories where they, this sounds horrible, but they would do like target practice on like the dogs that would run around over there, like the dudes and, and stuff. And like they would have to like, drive past certain areas really slow because of mines and stuff so like did you ever feel like any uh repercussions from that like mentally coming back i think my thing uh coming back and something it it took me a while to realize but when i came back my biggest issue was that i went through all that crap overseas that i felt like i guess kind of invincible in the states and i kind of have that that mentality like i'm not scared of too much (laughs) Um, it's not necessarily a good thing because like I said, there are, you just never know what people are capable of and somebody doing something stupid, I'll probably call it out and, uh, not always a good thing, especially with my wife's with me, you know, I gotta, gotta think about being safer. Yeah, man, you got to definitely got to keep your head on a swivel and I have kids, you don't have kids, so it just gets worse. So like every public place that I walk into, I'm always thinking of the worst case scenario that could happen, which is, I don't know. I feel like it, it like is a negative, I don't know if it's a negative thing or positive thing. Cause you're always thinking like that, but I think it works out in the end. Cause you're always prepared for like the worst. Like every time I go to a movie theater, so I have my concealed weapon here in Florida yeah. and I always sit in the furthest back row because I feel very vulnerable. Cause anybody comes in at the bottom and just starts spraying, you know, at yeah. least I can get down. So it, it's, you definitely got to keep your head on a swivel, man, especially when you have kids now. So it gets even worse as you get older. Uh, yeah, I couldn't, I bet, man. <laughs> I can't yeah, even imagine. Man. Yeah. yeah. Are, do you plan on having kids one day? Oh, absolutely. Um, so my wife, she's getting ready to go into a nursing program um, at her school. She just has to uh, finish her pre Um, But once she's finished with school, I mean, that's definitely something we're going to work towards. So I got a couple of couple solid years of really pushing my body limits before I got to like chill a little bit. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's definitely a blessing. Uh, so mm-hmm. when you, whenever you came back from, uh, the army or I guess when you finished up your, your enlistment, um, when did you actually start competing? I mean, you probably been working out and going to the gym for a certain amount of time before that, but when did you actually start putting on like size and trying to compete? Uh, so, I mean, I was just working out, you know, the same way I'd always worked out. Um, uh, I guess you can say technically in Iraq when I started working out like a bodybuilder. Um, and then I want to say I got in the military in 2012 and then, uh, 2013, I had found out about men's physique and, uh, that's when I went and did my first show. I think I prepped for like two months or like month and a half and, uh, did my first show in 2013 and, yeah, just kind of kept up with it. Right. And remind me, 2013, when when did men's physique actually start? Was that like early 2010s? I want to say it was probably like around 2011-ish, 2012. And that's like the Sadiq days, right? When he was just yeah. starting? 
Yeah, because when I was when I started, I mean, I was watching videos on Mark Anthony, Jason, uh, Mike Anderson. Those are the guys that were winning shows. So uh, even even uh, Jeremy Wendy and Johnny Sebastian, they were going for their pro cards at that time too. And I remember uh, they really stuck and stuck out and resonated with me because they were shorter. So right. Dude, and when you compare like when men's physique first started to how they are now, like your guys' size, dude, you guys are so much bigger from back then. Like back then, Sadiq, I remember the first year, it looks like almost like a beach body, almost like summer shred type physique. Yeah. But you guys like I met I met Brandon Hendrickson for the first time probably in Orlando when Olympia first came to Orlando. I think it was twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Dude, his he's you guys are so wide. Him and Raymond, oh my gosh, bro. You guys to the <laughs> average gem goer, you guys are the open class, really. So it's like, yep. what do you how do you feel about like when men's physique first started to how it is now? I personally like it. Um, I, I do understand what it was meant to be. Um, but I also do like the progression of it because yes, a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, men's physique, they're just basically classic guys or even open guys in board shorts. Um, you know, people say that until you you put a men's physique guy next to somebody like Bumstead, for example, or George Peterson. I mean, there, there's a lot of, there's a big difference there still. Um, but, you know, you see these men's physique guys, and I do feel like you do need that separation from being an amateur to, to a pro. And, and I feel like that separation now is more, uh, pronounce it ever so in a sort of sense it encourages people to work a little bit harder maybe i don't know but i i like solution I, I like the look that they're rewarding now i like the small tapered waist broad shoulders um it, it's to me it, it keeps it exciting right and this upcoming show you're competing men's physique uh but you're looking are you still looking to potentially move to classic i mean that, that would still you know i'm still gonna be pushing the leg training um, with the intention of eventually doing that, you know, the more I work towards it though, and the more I see my physique when I'm posing, I don't know if it's, if it, if it's right for classic. Um, I, I'm just not sure. Like, you know, I don't have the prettiest muscle insertions and things of that sort. So like, I really do have to learn how to, to tweak certain poses and do certain things like even a men's physique, you know, I can't stand really straight on because my abs are all messed up. That's why I hit my like, you know, little side twist shot. Um, and same with posing, you know, if I hit a front double bicep, uh, there's a lot of imbalances, things I don't, things I see that I don't like. Um, but again, I am also my, my harshest critic. So, right. Uh, of course. Yeah. But I'll, I'll keep working towards it. And you know, I, I do think before I ever retire or anything like that, I'd still love to get up on and give Classic a good run. Right. But everything so. you just mentioned, those are things that you can improve on too, right? Or are you just stuck with those genetically? Well, yeah, because like I said, muscle insertion, you can't really change that. Um, those are just things you're stuck with. So, you know, like I said, I can't change where my abs line up. I can't change where my how my chest inserts. Um you know, one of the things that really does bug me, it sounds really petty, but like, you know, like this arm, I feel is a lot smaller than this arm, especially when I'm hitting a front double. And for some reason, I cannot get the same blood flow into this arm. So it's kind of, it's, it's harder to build up, takes a lot more work. Like, I mean, you people will see it. Like I'm standing there holding two dumbbells. You'll see this arm is just like veiny as hell. And this arm's like nothing. Damn. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll still work towards it and uh, still definitely 
get up on stage or one day. Yeah, and I saw you post a story a couple of days ago uh, in regards to like your back collecting fat. Like you said, like your chest is a certain amount of weeks out, but then your back is like a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. So, so I could just imagine like transitioning to classic too, growing your legs and everything. That's probably something else that you'd have to work on too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm happy with the progress I've made. Um, but again, it, it's, I definitely did underestimate it. You know, I thought I'd be able to eat a lot more. Um, there was a point in time where I was like, you know, maybe I'd be comfortable pushing a little bit more, uh, performance enhancement stuff. But now I'm kind of like at that point where I don't really want to do that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But you know, if I, if I get my appetite back up and start pushing the food and training the way I need to train again, um, then absolutely it's just pushing the hard part. Yeah, it's um, it's tough, man. Because nowadays you see like all of these bodybuilders. I don't know if you know Boston Lloyd. Yeah, I came across him. Like, he, dude, he was my age, twenty nine years old, and he had kids. So like, when I see stuff like that, and then there's also a side of me trying to push it to the limit, like trying to get as big as possible, as shredded as possible. But when I hear stories like that, and then like Sean Roden and all of these other guys who are just like dying at early ages, it makes you really just want to take your health serious. Um, yeah. And with that being said, you work with um, an HRT or TRT clinic, right? Yeah, yeah. So I work with uh, Aspire, um, Aspire Rejuvenation. They're, they're okay. out in, I believe they're in South Florida. Yeah, they're in Orlando, actually. Aspire okay, Rejuvenation. Yeah, yeah I forget, um, forget his name, but he used to compete, the owner. Uh, Tomo. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Or at least he competed like once or twice. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know his history if he competed, but but Tom was an awesome guy. I got introduced yep. to him through death. And uh, I mean, like I said, I, I love what these clinics are doing because I mean it, it encourages people to to really get on their stuff and pay attention to their health. And uh, like I said, you know, obviously if you're in need, um, based off of what your blood work says or what the doctor states, you know, you're you know what you're putting in your body and it's not like underground stuff. Exactly at least getting your blood work done just to see where you're like your organs and kidneys mm -hmm. and all of that, where they're at at least. Um, so yeah, man, going back to, to your upcoming show, is this a, a Olympia qualifier or? Yeah. So, uh, okay. I mean, um, all, all pro shows essentially, since we're not doing a point system anymore, if you win a pro show, you're into the Olympia. Um, Got I it. think the points are top three in points now. It used to be top five. Um, but yeah, my, my whole thing is, is I won't try to compete at the Olympia unless I go in and on a win. Um, so yeah, Pittsburgh, try to win that. Hopefully it's going to be, you know, I know Chiron's doing it and he won it last year and, uh, fourth in the world right now. Uh, I'm going to do New York pro two weeks after that. And I know Chiron's doing that one as well, but yeah, you know, I'm just super excited about it. Men's physique is super stacked. So oh, yeah. If you don't compete at the Olympia, uh, what's your what's your take on? Do you think Brandon gets another title or no? I think so. It's an interesting thing with with Brandon. To me, Brandon is probably the most complete men's physique guy out there. Uh, I like Brandon's physique. However, according to what the judges have always said they want men's physique to be, I think Aaron Banks kind of fits that that mold um, a little bit better. Um, he was number two at this past Olympia, right? Yeah, he was number two. And that's not saying that I think Aaron will beat Brandon or vice versa. It's just kind of 
they have two very different looks and um it's just gonna see what the judge like like i said i personally like the brandon's look a little bit more but for what the judges are have always said they like or looking for i think banks fits that right but he's a lot bigger i, I would almost compare him not back per se but like he's almost like the same height as raymond right yeah yeah i would i would say they're around the same height around like six three yeah or so. i feel like yeah. they're so i feel like they're way too big for men's physique but I, i'm nobody like i literally that's just my a personal opinion but i just feel like raymond could possibly go to classic i mean obviously if he grew his legs but i don't know man it's just you know the, the way i see it is i don't see him as big i, I just see him as tall, tall <laughs> you know yeah yeah because i I see a lot of these other guys who are small, like I said, like Chiron or Bradner or even myself, you know, I pound for pound probably have more muscle than these guys. Um, but because they are so tall and they have such a presence that, that it, a lot of people do tend to think of that way that like, you know, they are really big guys. But it's just, they're, they're tall and they have a bigger frame. So. And do you ever think, uh, while we're on the topic of Olympia, do you think when ever will ever return? I hope so. I hope so. I think uh, a lot of people are counting him out. And I think, uh, I think personally, I, I think if he came back, he, he's, he'll come back better than he's been. <laughs> It'd be awesome. I'd love to compete with him. I'd love to be with Sadiq. Cause I mean, those are the guys that, you know, I never got the chance to compete with Sadiq and I'll be uh, doing that at the New York pro. So I'm very excited for that. Um, it'd be awesome, you know, to have like an Olympia with like Sadiq, Jerry, um, myself, Andre, you know, guys that were back there in like 2016, 2015 and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like Andre. I think he's just a <laughs> hater against Brandon. Him and, uh, what's the other guy? George? George uh, something? Who is it? Are you talking about George Brown? Yeah. George Brown, him and Andre just, they've always been hating on Brandon. I feel like, but that's just my own personal opinion. But uh, while we're on that, uh, dark sport, man. So you, with your following and your supporters and everything, I feel like any clothing company that you reach out to will pick you up in a heartbeat. Um, so with that being said, you could be with anybody. So it's a lot deeper than just a clothing line. So why dark sport, per se, and why do you choose to align yourself with them? Uh, I like what they stand for. You know, I like the mentality. I like the the community they built. Um it's so unique in that anybody could could put some clothing out there, but I think there is any other company out there that actually has like kind of a meaning or a feeling behind it. Um, and that, that's what makes it so different is uh, you, you see somebody else at the gym wearing dark sport. You kind of like, I don't know, you notice it, <laughs> you, oh, you yeah. kind of buy it. So yep. yeah, 100%. I love it, man. So like 50% of my closet is dark sport. The other 50 is young LA just because I love Giordani. Just love him yeah. as a goat. But uh, I'm realizing at least here in Orlando, a lot more people are wearing young LA. So it's kind of like, I remember when Gymshark first came out, when you would see somebody with the Gymshark logo, it's like, oh, cool. It's like an underground, but now they're like super commercial. Now I almost feel like young LA is, is catering a little bit more commercially. So now when I wear dark sport to the gym, it's more so like a connection with that person. You see them across yeah. the gym, you see the Ohana or the Wolves or something. So dark sport is definitely a more like, I would say like a brotherhood almost. Absolutely. Um, but but yeah, I definitely love both, both brands, man. Uh, so dark sport, uh, Potman 10 at checkout. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, sir. Got you. Drop coming up March 27th, I believe. Yep. 
March 27th, uh, 6 Pacific Standard, 9 Eastern. <laughs> yeah, yep. You, you got to awesome. pay attention to the times. If you miss those times, you ain't getting it. Dude, I think it was uh, Brandon's like wave drop. Um, I forget. I think it was a couple months ago or probably when the Olympia came. I was there like three minutes after and everything was sold out, man. Like my sizes and everything, like the premium yeah. um, oversized tees or the capped ones. They're always sold out in like the first three minutes. So I got to set a reminder and everything all the time. I, I think the only way that you can really get what you want is by doing, you know, Michael's early access code. Exactly. That's the only way you can do it. Yep. And sometimes I'll even buy. So they have another company, obviously, you know, Civil Regime. Yep. Um, so it's the same like cuts and everything, just different designs. So if I don't find what I want from the Wolves drop, I'll just go over there and, and get like a similar T-shirt just because I love I love like the the. Uh, What's the shit called where it's like tied on your neck? Forget the shirts that they have. Uh, I, the crow necks. Yeah, dude. I love yeah. those ones, especially when they hang over. But uh lastly, man, um, let's talk about your your power app. So you have a new uh, Potman, is it Potman Power app? Yeah, yeah. So it's the Potman Power app. Um essentially, you know it so the thing with that, we're we're still working on on trying to add more to it. Um anything I wanted to be able to do is do things that are more interactive. So I wanted to be able to do longer videos, um, do more lives, but those features aren't available yet. Um, that's still being worked on, but still uploading um, a workout every day. You know, the workouts that I'm doing, they're, they're getting uploaded on there. So if you're signing up for the pop and power up, you're literally doing the same thing I do in the gym every day. I still talk about my nutrition, um, you know, tips and tricks for all that stuff. So it's just a little bit of everything. Um, you know, the, the thing about apps though, is everybody gets super impatient. Um, and bodybuilding is not an impatient, uh, I guess, pastime yeah, or, yeah. Uh, and whatever you <laughs> they call want it. it now. Well, you know, they, they, they get bored with workouts really quick or a lot of people do. Whereas bodybuilding, you know, it's a lot of progressive overload. It's a lot of doing the same things. It's a lot of the bread and butter type stuff. So it's not super exciting. You know, the excitement lies within your efforts in the gym, really. So it, it, that's something that a lot of people do have to understand. And I'm realizing that, yes, I love having the app, but it may not be the best for the bodybuilding community. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these uh, top influencers, they do offer like a, a daily type workout where it's constantly changing. So it does appeal yeah. to the masses in terms of like, uh, just different workouts every day because you like you said people do get bored but the people who are actually serious and really want to take the time to like track their working sets and uh weights and everything and then progressively overloading those are the ones that it's actually going to cater to which is a lot smaller niche um yeah less in terms of like business sense but i mean it is what it is you yeah. have like a niche following yeah yeah, man. So listen, um, good luck on your upcoming show. Um, do you have anything else going on that you uh, possibly want to promote? Uh, no, nothing at the moment. You know, just uh, get ready for my show. Um, you know, just uh, trying to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. about it. Man. Last, last question. Uh, what's the first thing you're going to eat like after you're off this diet? Honestly, probably Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. What do you, you, know, what, like, you what do you order? Uh, so I usually get three chicken sandwiches, no pickles, add American cheese, add bacon, and then some waffle fries and an Oreo milkshake with a nice. Coke Zero. 
<laughs> just so you know, yeah. right after this, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A and order that exact meal. There it I'm is. Take a photo. <laughs> I'm going to tag you in it. Well, I'll be a little envious. I get to eat a little <laughs> bit tomorrow. Not no bad food, but I get to eat a little bit tomorrow. So Definitely. Well, uh, listen, man, I know you're busy, so thank you so much for making time for this. Um, good luck against your sh- on your show. Hopefully we see you at the Olympia this year. Uh, but other yeah. than that, follow Jeremy on Instagram uh, at Jeremy underscore Potvin. Uh, Jeremy Potvin underscore. Perfect. I'll pop it up here. Uh, again, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate your time. And uh, Jeremy Potvin, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Take care. Thank you for having me.